Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. You will rise in Jesus' name. I say you will rise in Jesus' name. Your destiny will rise in Jesus' name. Your glory will rise in Jesus' name. Your situation will change for the better in the name of Jesus. Your testimony will be glorious in Jesus' name. So shall it be. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Don't be in a hurry to sit down. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Ephesians 6 12. We want to pray. So that's why I said don't be in a hurry to sit down. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, my emphasis of our prayers this morning is the word powers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, then it says powers. It's the powers that I want to talk about briefly and then we are going to pray. The Greek word for power there is the Greek word exousia. And what does that word mean? It simply means authority. It means authority. When we talk of authority, uh, every life here is subject to one authority or the other. There is someone that you have decided to to cede your authority to. Someone you have decided to obey. In a marriage relationship, and it's a Christian home, uh, some of us, our marriage is, uh, uh, what do they call that thing? It's uh, where we demonstrate women's liberation. It's not biblical. Tell me it's not biblical. Someone may not like me for it. Mm, that's the truth. In a Christian home, Someone has the authority. Who is that person? The man. It's very important. That's why the Bible says wives do what? And the women are not talking now. Wives do what? And then husbands do what? Good. So, and so the, the, once you made that submission, it impacts your life in all ways. In all, so we're talking about power. That's a very good example. We're talking about authorities. We're talking about the delegated powers. That's why, exactly from God's own country, the, man, the, the parents of the woman will say, look, we have given our daughter unto you. You must do what? And I know some of us, some of, us, some of the men, they are warned by the parents of the woman. Say, Don't beat my daughter oh. Uh, true or false? Don't beat my daughter. I have never beaten her since she was born. She's the apple of my eye. Don't do what? Don't beat my daughter. If you beat her, you will see the other side of me. Because an authority is being ceded unto the man. And that's why when some ladies will say, hey, you did this to me, I'm going to my father's house. The father will be waiting at the door. At the entrance. Say, what have you come here to do? Do what? Go back to your husband's house. If you have differences, go and do what? Go and settle it. We are talking about powers. Powers. Powers talk about coverings. And coverings could be marital, could be spiritual. 
could be spiritual. When we talk about tithe, uh, bringing tithe to the storehouse, God said, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. He said, I will do what? I will rebuke what? I will rebuke the devourers for you. And like a man of God said, he said, devourers are living beings. They are individuals. Because devourers eat. A good example of a devourer is a locust. We know what a locust is. Put locust on any green tree. What happens? Then we eat everything green on that tree. That's what the devourer does. He said, I will rebuke the devourer. So, because when you bring in your tithe to the storehouse, you are saying, Lord, the authority over my finances. I give it to who? I give it to you. So, if you see a devourer coming near my substance, do what? Rebuke it. Take care of it. It's not for me to do. Powers. Powers. It talks about the power of choice. The liberty to do as one pleases. A total word is called spiritual potentate. A potentate is a monarch or a ruler, and especially an autocratic one. When God says, touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Tell somebody God is not joking. He is not saying, eh, please don't do it. Is that what God is saying? It's a statement of authority. What? Touch not. It's as simple as that. If you are looking for trouble, then go ahead and touch. Touch not my anointed. It's authoritative. It's God speaking. And it's speaking concerning someone's life here today in Jesus' name. Amen. You are going to pray. You know, we are in the, middle of, in the midst of uh, 50 days prayer and fasting. Which day are we today? Day 26 of the prayer and fasting. Okay, day 26. So, every Sunday during this prayer, we must pray. Tell somebody we must pray. So, you are going to say, I take back the authority over my life from the devil in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. That authority over my life, the power over my life, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. In Jesus' name, we are praying. We are still going to pray that prayer. Some of us might be thinking, I don't know, the devil doesn't have any authority over my life. There are things that have been done on your behalf that you don't know. And those things have ceded the authority over your situation to the devil. And they say in the court of law, ignorance is what? The fact that you don't know does not mean it has not happened. You better, tell someone you better pray. Say, I take back the authority over my life from the devil in the name of Jesus. I take back the authority over my life from the devil in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Have you heard of stories before where somebody is spiritually being attacked and you begin to pray? And someone appeared and said, ah, this one is our own. Haven't you heard of that before? Say, this person is what? It's our own. You better let go. Because why? There is a covenant. The person may or may not be aware. But there is a covenant over the life of that individual. He has been ceded over to the witches. No wonder the Bible says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to do what? That's why in God's own country, we don't suffer them to do what? 
But in Canada, they can come around and say and tell you that they are witches. <laughs> God will have mercy. You see, I take back, I take back. Every, authority every authority over my life, over my life. From, the from the enemy in the name of Jesus. Whosoever that enemy may be, I take back every authority over my life from the enemy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are free. The Bible says, whomsoever you choose to do what? To submit unto. You become the slave of that individual. He said, many have submitted themselves unto what? Unto sin. And so they are servants of sin. You are going to say, I repent, I repent. of every wrong spiritual covering. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Every wrong spiritual covering. I repent, O Lord. Every wrong submission. I repent, O Lord. Every action I have taken. That has made me a slave of the enemy. Father, I repent. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. See, I refuse to submit. To sin in my life. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. I refuse to submit to sin. In my life. Sin shall not reign in my life. Sin shall not reign over me. I refuse to submit. I refuse to, to submit. To sin in my life. In the name of Jesus. I refuse to submit to sin in my home. In my home. In my home. I refuse to submit to sin. In my ministry, I refuse to submit to sin. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. A man of God shared a story about his church. He was praying for growth. And he said, God opened his eyes. And he saw that on top of the church was what? A black covering. And the Lord gave him instruction on how to go out and rebuke the covering. And when he did, he saw the covering move away. And then the church where they had been struggling to have attendance, Sunday came and church was full. And he went, they now went and asked the officer, ah, are you new in this neighborhood? He said, no, we've been here all along. How come? We've been here for a while, nobody showed up. But now, we, had, we don't even have sitting space. Oh, they said, we used to see a white garment church here. But now the white garment church has gone. Nothing changed in the church. But the covering was what? Was removed. Are we together? When you have a wrong covering of, upon you, what you want to project is not what you project. And because what you are projecting is not what you want to project, the I mean, the action of people, you'll be surprised. I, I just told this sister, good morning. And look at what she has said about me. And you said good morning. But what she had was not, was not good morning. In fact, what she had was offensive to her. And you wondered that, when did I say that? There is a covering. 
That is why you are going to pray. Say, Father, Father let, your fire let your fire consume every evil covering every evil over my life. In the name of Jesus, let your fire consume every evil covering, every evil covering over my life. In the name of Jesus, let your fire consume, O oh Lord, every evil covering over my life. In the name of Jesus, fire of God, consume every evil covering over my ministry. In the name of Jesus, Mareba Sotolena Itragabo. In Jesus' name we are praying. That prayer point is an assignment for someone here. Because it's a prayer we can pray for the next 30 minutes. And it's very simple. You will just say fire of God. Consume every evil covering over my finances, my home, my ministry, my you, whatever God is leading you on to. That's why I say it's what? It's a prayer point for someone here. You go on your knees when you get home and say, fire of God. Do what? Consume. Every evil covering over my, uh, in my place of work. You, you are better than everybody. But when they do evaluation, it's as if you don't exist. There is a covering that needs to be consumed. The fire of God will consume it in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, fire of God. Fire of God. Consume. consume. Every evil veil. Every on my destiny in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Fire of God. Fire of God consume every evil veil on my destiny. Hey, Maposi Kelenda Itragabo. Remanda Idagaba Ushkate. Fire of God consume every evil veil on my destiny. In the name of Jesus. Embra Sakatoria Mahandragabo. E prosotole anda itragabo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say, fire of God, consume every dark cloud around me. In the name of Jesus, consume, consume every dark cloud. Every dark cloud. Around me. In the name of Jesus. Fire of God consume. Thank you, Lord. Every dark cloud around me. Consume, consume, consume. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Finally, you say, Blood of Jesus. Avail for me. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Avail for me. Me parebo satolenda itragama ushkate. Iproseke kerianda itragabo. Rianda itragabo. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Why don't you begin to thank God for answered prayers? Thank you for answered prayers. Mazera basko poriama sotolenda Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. The Lord will hear your prayers in Jesus' name. The Lord will give you a testimony in Jesus' name. The Lord will give you a new song in Jesus' name. First Samuel chapter 17. I read from verse 34 to 37. 
1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 37. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 37. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his bed, and smote him, and slew him. He said, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Saying he had defied the armies of the living God. Amen. David said, moreover, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he would deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. Amen. And Saul said unto him, Go, the Lord be with thee. Amen. I said, The Lord be with thee. Amen. I said, The Lord be with thee. Amen. This Sunday is the first Sunday in the month of February. And brethren, the fact that you have won one battle does not mean all battles are over. Is that not so? You have only won one. There are more battles ahead. Life is a series of battles. Life is a battlefront. Now, David this day was going to face Goliath. And everybody was concerned for him. That David, you are a young man. How old are you? This man you are looking at has been a warrior from his youth. And you are just a youth. You don't even know what it means to fight a war. Then David began to praise God. That's what he was doing there. He was doing what? He was praising God. He said, King Saul, there are some things you don't know that I need to tell you. I have fought a lion. I have fought a bear. Now, I fought those ones successfully. Not because I am strong. Not because I am Samson. Not because I am huge. But because I have a God. The Lord of hosts. The Lord who never loses a battle. The Lord who fights for his own. Oh, he's always with me. Tell somebody he's always with me. He said, this God has given me victory at occasions that victory was impossible. Have you found yourself in such a situation before? Can you cast your mind back on your life and say, ah, there came a point in time that shame was looking at me, koro koro in the eye. <laughs> but God saw me through. Can you cast your mind back and, and you remember such a time? The God that saw you through that time. He's still God. He has not changed. And he will see you through. Amen. I say he will see you through. Amen. When David faced the bear and the lion, he was in the wilderness. There was no supporters club there. He was there with sheep. You know how powerful sheep are? You understand, right? You know how sheep can fight for their owner? <laughs> That's why the Bible says, strike the shepherd. And what happened? The sheep will scatter. Or they are... That when they say someone is very sheepish, is a good follower. David was alone with the lion. And he fought to safeguard the life of a sheep. Did he succeed or not? 
Because the God he relied upon is the God that never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who never fails. Who never fails forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus never. Amen. Amen. Jesus never. Amen. Amen. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. I have a word for someone here today. He has never failed. He cannot fail you. He has never failed. He cannot fail in your own time. He cannot fail in your own situation. When David faced that lion, it was as if this is the end. This is the end. Now some people, some people would say, ah, say, Lord, <laughs> every sin I've committed, do what? Forgive me. If this is the end, let me make heaven know. Let me not lose twice. Because this looks like a loss. I don't want to lose over there. Ah, but David faced that lion. In whose name? In the name of the Lord. The Lord of hosts. In the name of the Lord of hosts. God delivered him from the lion. You know the good thing about David is that David had the strength to face Goliath because he remembered that God had delivered him from the lion, from the bear. Many of us, cast your mind back. How many, in what ways God has God delivered you? In your place of work, how many people died of COVID? And you are still alive. And you are here today. How many of us have been involved in accidents? <laughs> On Todd Mainland Bridge in God's own country. Many of us know that bridge. I was trying to overtake a modeway. And I didn't try to overtake it on the left side, which was the right way to overtake. I was trying to overtake it on the right side. And lo and behold, there was a broken down car in my front. I ran into that car. But you know God's saving grace. The car, that car was small. It's not to repair car. The driver of the car had just left the front of the car. If he had not left, when I ran into that car, what would have happened? The car, because I ran into it, I was, uh, those days, I was a good driver. I was, you know, when you are young, you just bought a car, you are full of yourself, you, you have a good job, all those funny things. I was a Christian. No? <laughs> I ran into that car, the car jumped forward. To God be the glory, the man who was the driver of the car just left, the, because he just went to check. Say, why did this car stop? You see how Satan plans for himself. All I had to do was to repair the car. And brethren, by God's special grace, the level at was at that point in time, repairing the car was nothing. In uh, our insurance industry then is, uh, <laughs> somebody knows what I'm talking about. The story could have been different. That's when they appreciate God. So why won't I look back and thank God that ensure that I'm still here today. Nothing happened to me. 
Even my car. I don't even remember that. I didn't have to do anything on the car. It was the man's rickety car that I had to fix. It's not, it's not ordinary. It is God. How many of us have been involved in accidents? In fact, they call it simple accident. But three people died. And yet you are alive. Is that not so? My wife and children will remember. We were going for a provision. Was it provision or zonal? A zonal program in Scarborough. It was in winter. I was driving. <laughs> so some of you will wonder why my wife drives me. I was driving that day. And I was cruising as usual. I'm not sure what happened. Before we knew what was happening, the car was off the road. Was, and I was trying to maneuver between uh, what is it? fire hydrant and gas. This thing they put on the road that shows that there's a gas. If I had hit that gas thing and it burst open, you know the rest of the story. All my children that were born in Canada, they were inside. God delivered me. When the car eventually stopped, a man who was behind us, who saw everything that happened, came and said, he said, you are a wonderful driver. The man didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> when the police came, they, because they had to get a 20 van to pull our van out, and brother, at the end of the day, nothing happened to that van. No. Absolutely nothing. We had to turn back. With, I took it to the mechanic. They said it was all just snow. In that. That's why it wasn't driving well. So they didn't even take any money. They just cleaned it. But the policeman said, he said, you must have been speeding. He said, drive slowly next time. That was the end of the story. Brethren, it is God. You know, when, when Joseph said, you people meant it for evil. But what? God took control. Because God, I pray for you. In your life, God will take the glory. Amen. I say, in your situation, God will take the glory. Amen. God will make you a testimony. Amen. At every point in life, you will look back and say, See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. What he waited for has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. I know there's something you are waiting for. There's something you are calling upon God for. But just cast your mind back. He's been good to you. He's done even greater things in the past than what you want him to do now. Why won't he do it? Maybe I should put it down there. Why can't he do it? Tell somebody he can do it. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. That same 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45, David now said unto the Philistine, he said, Thou comest me with a sword and with a spear. And with a shield. See, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And we've been looking at that name, the Lord of hosts. I think for about two Sundays now. I just want to remind us today that you need to give thanks to God more. The key word there is what? More. More. Yeah. That's why you are not giving thanks enough. When Jesus stood before the tomb of Lazarus, what was the first thing he said? He said, Father, I thank you. 
Look up and say, Father, Father I thank you. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Do you mean it? If you mean it, he has accepted your thanks. And he will show forth on your behalf in Jesus' name. So David said, I have come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And one thing I found out about this Lord of hosts is that he reveals the future. He does what? He reveals the future. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 25. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 25. David was speaking here. He said, And now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house, establish it forever, and do as thou hast said. Now look at verse 27. Verse 27. He said, For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hath revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee an house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to do what? To pray this prayer unto thee. What happened to David? David woke up one day and said, I want to build a house for God. Say, I live in a beautiful house. Say, but the the, 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 the ark of of the Lord lives what? In a tent. I want to build a temple. David had good intention. Tell me what the good intention. But God sent the prophet Nathan to him and said, what you want to do is good. But I don't want you to build a house for me. Your son will build a house for me. Say why? He said, because your hand is full of what? Blood. Say, you have shed a lot of blood. Rightly or wrongly, you are not going to build a house for me. Say, because of, but because of this, your good intention, I will make you a house. He said, your son will reign over you. He said, but even this, your son that will reign over you, when he sins, he said, I will not take my mercy away from him. He said, like I did unto your predecessor. You know the story of Saul. Saul sinned and God abandoned him. God will not abandon you. Amen. So God now told David that, look, because you have been indeed a man after my own heart, your son or your children or future generations, even when they sin, I will not take my mercy away from them. It was too big for David. He now came to the house of God and said, ah, is this the way of man? This is not the way of man. You alone can do it. God revealed the future to David. Did it come to pass or not? It came to pass. David died. I went to be with the Lord. But to up till tomorrow, until the end of this age, nobody can forget David. Is that not so? When Bartimaeus looked at Jesus and needed healing, he said, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy. Jesus could not resist that. Say, whoa, somebody is linking me to my great great grandfather. I must answer him. He will answer you today. Amen. I say, he will answer you today. Amen. The Lord of hosts reveals the future. And whatever future he has revealed unto you, it shall come to pass. Remember, I said this earlier on. I said, the reason that many of the promises of God are associated with that name, the Lord of hosts, is that it's because of what? He fights to bring it to fulfillment. He fights. The Bible says the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. I believe that's Exodus 15 verse 3. He's a man of war. He delights in fighting. Not because of himself, but because of you and I. 
Because brethren, God doesn't need to do anything. All he needs to do is just stay where he is and speak. And whatever he says will come to pass. But he fights so that you will know that he cares for you. Tell somebody he loves you. Now tell the person he loves me. So talking about this righteous, I mean, this uh, Lord of hosts, the last point we are going to take is this only the righteous can stand before the Lord of hosts. So we are, we are making two points about him today. Number one, he reveals the future like he did unto David. Number two, only the righteous can do what? Can stand before the Lord of hosts. Only the righteous. First Kings chapter 18 First Kings chapter 18. No, maybe we should. Uh, yeah, First Kings chapter 18, verse 15. Verse 15. Elijah was speaking to a man called Obadiah. He said, As the Lord of us liveth, as who liveth? He said, Before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him. Him was referring to who? Ahab. I will show myself to the king. I'm not going to disappear. I'm not a magician. Because they have been looking for him without finding him. Now, what I'm trying to bring out is only the righteous can stand before the Lord of hosts. If Elijah was not righteous, there's no way you can say, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand. We know how he appeared unto Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. The Bible says, Elijah the Tishbite. Who was of the inhabitants of Gilead? He said unto him, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand. If you are going to stand before this righteous God, before the King of kings, before the Lord of lords, before the Lord of hosts, you must be righteous. That's what you must be righteous. You must be righteous. That's very important. That's very important. Elisha was the servant of Elijah. And he learned this, 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 this basic and fundamental rule from Elijah. In 2 Kings 3, verse 14, 2 Kings 3, verse 14, Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely, he said, Were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I will not look towards thee, nor see thee. It's another story altogether. The king of Israel was going to war. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, followed him. And Jehoshaphat would have been killed. But for God's intervention. But Elisha made a statement. He said, as the Lord of hosts lived, before whom I stand. I want to ask somebody a question today. Before whom do you stand? Please ask your neighbor. Before whom, before do, you whom stand? do you stand? Because if you stand before the Lord of hosts in iniquity, what will happen? <laughs> the Bible says, our God is too holy. To do what? So if you stand before him in iniquity, he will cut you down. But when you stand before him in righteousness, you are assured that he will fight for you. No wonder the Bible says, he that touches you, does what? So, if you are the apple of his eyes, anybody wants to touch you, what will he do? He will fight for you. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of hosts. Psalm 15, verse 1 to 3, as we round up. 
Psalm 15. It says, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? Number one, it says, he that walketh how? Uprightly. Please ask your neighbor, are you upright? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm the one asking you. Ask your neighbor, are you upright? He that walketh up. In other words, where do you go? Where are your legs found? You must walk uprightly. Then he says, that walketh righteousness. <laughs> the Bible says righteousness does what? Exalts a nation. He said, but sin is what? A reproach. A reproach. You know, we prayed a prayer earlier on. That my own life will not be subject to sin. Sin will not rule. Sin will not rule. So the Bible is here saying, if you are going to stand, if you are going to abide before this God, you must walk righteousness. Number three says, How is your heart? <laughs> it's very important. He that speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth nothing <laughs> with his tongue. I think we talked about backbiting yesterday. He that does not backbite with his tongue, nor do evil to his neighbor, nor take up a, a reproach against his neighbor. That is the man that will stand before this Lord of hosts that we are talking about. When you go to Psalm 24, verse 3 to 5, the Bible says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in this holy place? He that had clean hands. Please ask your neighbor, are your hands clean? He that had clean hands. Then he goes on to say, and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the God of salvation. So maybe that's why you've been praying for blessing all this while and no blessing has come. Because number one, your hand is not clean. Your heart is not pure. Your soul is littered unto vanity. And you swear like water. Is that not what some of us are noted for? In fact, you will make sure that when you are coming to church, nobody from your place of work sees you turning into three hundred young street. Because if they ever hear that you are a Christian, they say, what? You, go, you mean you go to church? That's how you can't evangelize. Because the words that come out of your mouth, they are simply what? Filthy. Filthy. And you say you are a child of God? Oh, maybe you don't say you are a child of God. We are the ones that assume that you are a child of God. Tell somebody, repent. repent. Don't be afraid. Tell your neighbor, Repent. repent. We are talking about the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. He's a fighter. He loves his own. He protects his own. He takes care of his own. Acknowledge him and appreciate him. And you will enjoy him. For the rest of this year, he will stand for you. He will fight for you. He will reveal himself unto you. 
you'll not be found wanting your situation. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. You know, there's a song we sing that says, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And I have believed in a lie that you are unable to help me. But now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. And in my heart, and with my soul, oh Lord, be my father, oh Lord, oh Lord, be magnified, be magnified, be magnified, oh Lord. You are highly exalted, and there is nothing, and there is nothing you can do. Oh Lord, oh Lord, my eyes are on you. Be magnified. Be Are you here today? You've not given your life to Jesus. Is the Lord of hosts? Is that he fights for you or he fights against you? If you are here, you are not born again. This is your time, this is your opportunity. Raise up your hand where you are. We are going to pray together. You are watching online, you are not born again. You want to say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. If you are lifting up your hand, don't be shy. Lift up your hand to the living God. You are not lifting up your hand to man. It's to God. Because the, the, whatever you make up your mind to do today is recorded in heaven. That's what will determine the course of your life and if you have eternity with God. If you are making, giving your life to Christ, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning or this afternoon. I yield my life unto you. Come into my life. Come in today. Write my name in the book of life. From this day onwards, make me your child. Make me your son. Make me your daughter. Let your blood avail for me. Fight for me as the Lord of hosts and glorify your name in my life. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we just thank you. We love you, Lord. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, take control. Have your way. Be glorified and magnified. Come to rejoice in you. sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.